So 7.35, North Korea's botched missile launch over the weekend again would have tested American patience at a time when local tensions have spiked and U.S. Vice President Mike Pence is making his first official trip here, as we said just now in the headlines. Was the weekend's missile test the forerunner to an imminent bigger provocation? And how can we expect Washington to respond going forward? This story is just garnering so much global attention. Um, and and right now, it's no news. So the world's just watching. Ralph Kelser, President of the Center for Strategic and International Studies Pacific Forum, thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. I mean, I say no news. That's with relation to a long-range missile launch or a, a nuclear test. But there was this botched launch over the weekend. Was there anything particularly significant about that, would you say? Well, I think two things were particularly significant. One was that it failed, which shows they're still having a lot of trouble with the technology, which means they'll do even more tests to try to perfect it. And secondly, they are not particularly uh, frightened or concerned about uh, U.S. carrier sailing toward them. Uh, they're going to continue their program and continue uh, their annoying behavior. Uh, Vice President Pence called it provocative. It's more annoying than provocative, but I guess either term will do. How about the military parade on Saturday? Three ICBMs said to have been paraded among many other projectiles, thousands of troops all immaculately lined up and goose-stepping as we've gotten used to see over the years. But uh, a new model, some analysts are saying, was on show. Yeah, there were a couple of new models. Well, there were a few canisters. We weren't exactly sure what was in them, but the size of the canister would say it was something uh, much bigger. Uh, yeah, they're, they're uh, demonstrating that they're still, you know, moving forward with the various programs uh, and that they have uh, a number of new missiles. Now, whether any of them work is, is another story, but uh, uh, it clearly shows that they're progressing and that they're trying to convince us that they're capable of reaching out and hitting the United States. Yeah, I mean, I guess anyone can build the shell of a canister, right? Um, testing it successfully right. is another thing. Um, but what about that sixth nuclear test, which is said to be imminent? And, you know, the world seems to be baiting North Korea on here. I saw a CNN headline this morning saying North Korea has not yet tested a sixth nuclear, uh, some sort of weapon, whatever the headline read. But right. the point was that they're waiting for it with such anticipation that they're now reporting that it's not yet happened. Um, yeah, I know, it's almost like they're disappointed. Yeah, so, so what would you say about the likelihood of that actually happening? Because that would test the U.S. at the next level. Yeah, well, I think there's going to be another nuclear test. The question is when, whether it will be this week, whether, you know, April 25th is their National Army Day, whether it coincides with that or whether they you know, wait for the next U.S. holiday to try to screw up people's lives by conducting tests on Easter. Uh, it'll, it'll come at some point, uh, and the, the real test, quite frankly, will be how the Chinese respond at the U.N. Security Council, whether this time they'll actually take the initiative in pushing for strong sanctions, or whether, as they've done in the past, they'll spend the following six or eight weeks trying to water everything down. I mean, there has been talk of a preemptive strike by the U.S., quite serious talk as well. Obviously, the Trump factor has uh, led people to question whether the U.S. president is really capable of this. 
Um, what would realistically, in your view, be the toughest South Korean-American response that we could expect from, a, say, to a nuclear test? Yeah, well, I, I think you're going to see political and economic responses. You're going to see action in the uh, Security Council. You're going to see more security, I mean, uh, uh, unilateral sanctions. And uh, the U.S. has already threatened very clearly that they're going to start uh, instituting secondary sanctions. Uh, there are a number of Chinese companies that have already been identified. They've been acting as fronts. Uh, and the, the U.S., I think, and South Korea will go after them. The idea of military strikes, I think, is, is still a very much of a last resort. Uh, we're trying to get the Chinese attention to put more pressure on North Korea. We're trying to get the North Koreans' attention. But the question is, what, what would you strike? Uh, you know, maybe if they put a tapo down on a launcher, you might be able to go after that launcher. But then you have to worry about, uh, you know, counter strikes, artillery uh, firing on Seoul or something. So it's a, it's a pretty dangerous game unless you're convinced that you can control the escalation. Yeah. Part of me hopes that perhaps Donald Trump and Xi Jinping agreed during their recent summit to make it seem as if the U.S. was about to strike North Korea and go through the charade to see if that might um, engineer some sort of change in North Korean calculation. But perhaps that's being too hopeful. Um, in the case of a preemptive American strike, and it's a huge if based on what you just said, yeah. would a Chinese counter-response necessarily involve military action too? Oh, a Chinese response, if there was any at all, uh, would be uh, the typical Chinese response to everything. We call on all sides to calm down and avoid any future uh, reactions. Uh, you know, that's all the Chinese would do. They're certainly not going to respond militarily. Uh, the Chinese have made it very clear that, uh, you know, their defense commitments to North Korea, uh, there's a certain uh, line, and the North Koreans have probably already crossed that line with their antagonism and their nuclear program and the violations of U.N. Security Council sanctions. So I think a U.S. military response is highly unlikely, but in the unlikely event that occurred, I wouldn't expect to see any kind of military response from the Chinese. I think they would just, you know, express their displeasure uh, and secretly say, well, the North Koreans deserved it. I mean, because that's an interesting point. If that factored strongly into the U.S. calculation here, you might argue it's worth the risk uh, to, to target North Korea's leadership and fundamentally destroy Pyongyang's authoritarian regime without risking greatly World War Three, Four, Five, or however numbers we're up to now. Yeah, but I, I don't think the Chinese reaction has ever been a serious part of the calculation. The, the serious part of the calculation is 25 million South Koreans living within artillery range of Seoul. Uh, and that's what's been the, the primary deterrent uh, from us doing anything in the past, and that continues to be the, the, the fundamental concern. Well, uh, that, that's reassuring. I, I, do think, yeah, I do think you make an important point, though, and that's, uh, if there's going to be military action, uh, it would be almost impossible to take out all of their nuclear capabilities. So you would think that if there would at least be a discussion that instead of going after military capabilities, you would go after national command authorities, which is a nice way of saying Kim Jong-un and his generals. Mm. Uh, and I would hope that the North Koreans start factoring that in in their game of chicken. 
that game of chicken comment keeps coming up and it's slightly worrying given the stakes involved here. But we just don't know. But a lot of analysts don't see North Korea's making too many bold moves if their leadership was uh, out of the picture. Speaking of leadership, is it important that Mike Pence is on South Korean soil right now? Well, I think he's there for reassurance uh, more than anything else uh, to, you know, brief the South Koreans uh, privately and personally on what the U.S. may be doing or may be contemplating doing, but also to, you know, provide a morale booster to the troops, which he has done with his, you know, Easter Sunday morning meetings there, and also to provide reassurance to the South Koreans that, you know, America's there with him and... You know, we have enough faith in the security of the situation that we're sending the vice president there. Normally, you don't send him uh, someplace where you're about to start a war because you don't want him uh, to be one of the casualties of it. So I would say the primary message is one of reassurance. Yeah, that's a point worth noting, too. Let's go back then to methods other than a military strike. Uh, Sanctions, obviously, repeatedly imposed, repeatedly talked about. And there are these feelings that perhaps sanctions need to go a lot further if they're going to be effective and that we need to give them more time. What's your view? Well, you know, the the North Koreans believe that they can have both nuclear weapons and economic progress. Uh, We've told them, no, you can't. The Chinese have told them, no, you can't. Uh, But so far they are. Uh, and we haven't increased the price uh, associated with going in that direction. So until the, until the costs involved with pursuing the nuclear program outweigh the costs involved in not having a nuclear program, the North Koreans are going to logically continue to pursue their nukes. So we have to figure out a way to increase the costs, and that's primarily economic, it's primarily political, uh, but there's also a psychological dimension that you can uh, get into as far as, you know, propaganda leaflets and trying to destabilize or threaten the regime. So I think there are a number of things that can be done. And, you know, were the Chinese to start taking some stronger steps, not just verbally, but in action, uh, I, I've told the Chinese, I think they should start building refugee camps along the border. Uh, if the North Koreans saw that, they'd say, oh, my God, they are actually prepared for us to collapse. That would get their attention. Right now, they don't believe the Chinese will allow them to collapse. Uh, so, you know, if they believe that, they're going to continue doing what they're doing. So we've, we've got to change the mindset in Pyongyang, and, and that requires, I think, you know, certain types of psychological operations as well as the economic and political. Now, what's going on behind the scenes with China that we can say because it was sheer speculation that I mentioned before Donald Trump and Xi Jinping possibly talking about giving the appearance of of the US going a little wild on North Korea here, um, talk of preemptive strikes and so on. But is there something more solid that we can go on in, in terms of the economic relationship between Washington and Beijing and, and recent US actions or inactions when it came to not designating ourselves included in this South Korea's currency manipulators? Yeah, you know, I quite frankly, I think this is more politics than it is reality. I mean, the main reason that the Trump administration has not branded China a currency manipulator is because China is not a currency manipulator, and the facts are pretty clear there. 
So if you're not going to do it anyway, then why not try to say, well, you know, we want a quid pro quo for not doing what we weren't going to do anyway. And the Chinese aren't so dumb as to figure out, uh, you know, that that's a game that we're playing. Uh, we should never expect the Chinese to do something because it works in our national interest. We expect the Chinese to do things because it works in China's national interest, and that's what you have to sort of home in on. And if it works in China's national interest, then we don't need to reward them for doing what's in their own interest. We just need to convince them it's in their interest, and they need to, to take an action. Thank you, Mr. Cossa. Pleasure to have you on the line today. My pleasure. Anytime. Ralph Cossa, president of the Center for Strategic and International Studies Pacific Forum. And to be honest, it's not the big glamorous headline, but it does seem to be very much business as usual, despite Donald Trump being portrayed as someone who's about to launch a preemptive strike anytime on North Korea. This analysis that we've just heard there is what we've been hearing for years. What's your thought? Are you more worried? Powder Sharp 1013 for 51 per message.